Welcome back, everybody. Brandon here at Tea Time Reports, giving you another Raise the Trop episode today. A little behind on schedule. Um, it's been an up and down week, been a long week. I've been under the weather, but I'm feeling better now. Able to give you guys some content. I didn't want to half-ass it, you know, and bring out some bullshit. I actually recorded a Raise episode a couple days ago, and I just listened listening to it back over. It just wasn't, it wasn't quality. You know, and you could tell that I was under the weather. I wasn't feeling it, and I just, I wasn't going to put that out there. So I rested up, got back to full strength, and now I'm ready to go. It's, I don't even know where to start with this, with this Rays organization, dude. Oh my God. From this season as a whole to just the last month, then the last two weeks, it's, I don't know, dude. Just thinking about it now, I'm getting speechless. Like, you think of the season that this Rays team has had, starting out thirteen and zero, um, twenty and three, or so, I don't know, thirty and nine, or some 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 shit like that. Thinking that we're on pace for a hundred plus wins, which we can still possibly very very well hit a hundred. Um, but then we're just cruising through the first half of the season, dude. Just steamrolling everybody. We've we haven't seen Rays bats alive like this, and who knows how long. Go into the All-Star break. We start slowing down a little bit. Then we come back from the All-Star break. And the month of July was just fucking terrible. So terrible to the point where the Orioles are now in first place. And we're sort of playing catch-up with them. We have that first wild-card spot secured right now. But we've already seen a lead in the division lead sort of dwindle away, so I, I don't want to see that happen with that wild card spot. I, I want us to really make a push and get that division lead back and finish the season with the division title because we deserve it. We really do. Not saying the Orioles don't. Dude, I'm scared of this Orioles team. I really am for years and years to come. Ever since they called up Ryan Mountcastle, they have not been swept in 80 series, 80-plus series. I might be a little off on that. I might be uh, under 80, but... It was like two months ago. It came out. It was 74 straight series. The Orioles haven't been swept ever since they called up Ryan Mountcastle, which is fucking nuts. But they're they're just loaded with young talent all around. It seems like every other month they're bringing up a fucking top 10 prospect or some shit like that. Gunnar Henderson, Ryan Mountcastle, Austin Hayes, all over the place. They're doing it, and it's scary, but... Like I was saying, we, we go from that awesome start that we had this season, then we go to Shane McClanahan's out for the season. Like, what? First, we already thought it was bad enough with Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rasmussen. And we were still comfortable because we were like, all right, we got Shane, we got Glass now, we got Eflin. Taj Bradley, yes, he's been up and down in the big leagues and the minors, and we've seen what he can do. But then we made the trade for Savali, like, all right, bet. We have McClanahan, we have Glass now, we have Eflin, we have um, Savali. We're fucking great. Like, what team would you take over that four-man starting rotation going into the playoffs? Maybe, maybe the Astros? Maybe? I mean, collectively, the Rays have had one of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball, probably up until the last month or so. But the fact that Shane's out for the season, man, that's just so heartbreaking. And now... I'll touch on it as well, but the whole Franco situation, like this, the past couple weeks, the past couple months, this whole season just been such a roller coaster of emotions. Being a Rays fan, you know, and 
I just I really hate to see this for Shane. He's he's dealt with the Tommy John surgery before, so he's come back, and you've seen, we've seen, I've seen, we've all seen what he can do when he comes back from a, or after coming back from a Tommy John injury, you know, because I I believe he actually had that injury, and that surgery at USF. Um, so for him to come in and establish the career that he has for himself on the bump at Tropicana Field in a raised uniform goes to show like, all right, hopefully we have a limb to hang on here. I had to hang or I had to fucking, I can't even think of a term. Fuck it. But at least we have something that we can hold on to thinking that, all right, 2025, when Shane comes back, he's going to be back and better than ever. I mean, you can only hope that being a Rays fan and just supporting Shane in, in general. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I feel like it's not hitting me as hard because I've already lost Rasmussen and I've already lost Jeffrey Springs. And now Shane McClanahan, like any hope, I really hate to say this, but any hope that we had reaching the World Series and winning the World Series may have just gone up in smoke with McClanahan being out. Don't get me wrong. I loved last now Eflin and Savali. I think that's a great three-man rotation to have into going into the playoffs, but you're missing Shane McClanahan, arguably the best left-handed pitcher in all of Major League Baseball. It's It hurts. Then, not to mention, like I said, I'm going to touch on the Franco situation. This, this hurts me even more. Whether if it's true or not, and I'm not going to touch on it too much. Yes, if it's true, lock him up whatever he needs to be punished like that's fucked up but it's also a completely different world in the Dominican Republic not saying it's okay by any means if what is being portrayed is true but there's no evidence right now it's just a bunch of he said she said Hector Gomez is going out saying oh it's most likely from a close source to the Dominican Republic government that Wander Franco may never play in the Major League Baseball again but then there's other people saying, oh, Franco's going to get his name cleared. He'll be back as soon as this season, next season at the latest. So it's just everyone's trying to get clickbait right now. Nothing's even been set in stone. There's no evidence, nothing. Everyone's just making accusations and trying to get clickbait and say they have some in- info, but no one's actually dropping sources, dropping what they know, where they got it from and whatnot. Personally, like anybody else, I hope nothing more than this to be not true. Wander Franco was my favorite player, man. Like... You don't understand. Besides Evan Longoria, and Evan Longoria, you he wasn't even really on that superstar level, to be honest. Wander Franco was potentially the first Tampa Bay Rays baseball player that we would have had that would actually sit on that pedestal of superstar level player. Up there with the Mike Trouts, up there with the Corey Seekers, up there with the with the uh, Mookie Betts, with the Freddie Freemans. That's what Wando Franco was supposed to be in, it was playing out to be. You know, like, his his wins above replacements, like a 6.9 in the two and a half seasons, one and a half seasons he's been with us. And, you know, like, this season alone, too, already had, like, 30 stolen bases, 17 home runs, and I think 60-some RBIs, batting 281. Like, and his defense... One of the best defensive, if not the best defensive shortstop in all of baseball, man. And he has been on such a tear lately, too, man. Been on such a tear lately. Batting over 480, five home runs, 12-some RBIs, 
has just been raking lately in the last three weeks before this happened. And it's just, it's so sad, especially if this isn't true. And this shit happens in the Dominican Republic, you know? There's a lot of poverty, not a lot of money, not a lot of people make it out. So when you do have someone that does make it out and get a hundred plus million dollar contract like Fran Franco did, he's going to be a target for anything that's extortion, anything like that. And this could very well be that situation, and I, I hope it is. But I'm not going to touch on it anymore. There's nothing to really say until the the stone-cold truth really comes out. Um, but I just, it sucks, dude. Because just knowing what this season was, the way it started, and how much hope and excitement and how many times we were like, oh, shit, is this team really going to go win the World Series this year? You know, and, like, now Shane's out for the season. Wander, who knows what happens with that. And it's like, it's like everything that can go wrong is going wrong. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, we're still 23 games over 500, sitting at 73 and 50. I'm never going to complain about that. Um, but I will complain about how Erasmo... Erasmus Ramirez just loaded the bases with Shohei Otani coming up to fucking bat. Jesus Christ. We're playing the Angels right now. It's in the bottom of the second. We're tied 1-1. And the bases are loaded and Shohei's up with two outs. Okay. Um, I'm going to look away for now. And I'm going to move on. But I want to I want to highlight Brandon Lau. I really do. Personal favorite. You guys know that. Gets a lot of hate. He really does. Really streaky player. And that's why he gets a lot of the hate. But a lot of it still is not warranted. You know, he he's such a down-to-earth person. Like, how can you not root for Brandon Lau? You know, he's a class act. He's never complaining. He's never bitching. You never see him in the middle of anything. He just shows up, does what he needs to do. Well, for the most part. Which is just hit home runs and play good defense. Not, not exemplary defense, but good defense. But I want to highlight him because he, he just hit his 100th home run over this past series against the Giants, I believe. Um, which he hit that milestone in 477 games, making him the fastest second baseman in all of Major League Baseball history to reach that 100 home run mark. And since we're doing that, I thought, obviously, I, I started thinking about, I mean, I haven't watched him hit every single one of those 100 home runs, but I've seen a lot of home runs from the big dog, Brandon Lau, and it made me think, had me start thinking back to the Grand Slam that I watched him hit at the start of this season, actually. I think it was Game 9, either Game 9 or Game 10, against the Oakland Athletics, you know, pushover. But he hit a grand slam. I was sitting right behind home plate. I mentioned this in the first episode of the series. And I think the bottom of the third. And that was the first grand slam I've ever seen in my life in person. And I got to watch Brandon Lau hit it right behind home plate. And that's just something I'll never forget. And that was just one of his 100 home runs, you know. It's 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 special. And I'm happy for him, and I hope that he continues to be a Ray, honestly, for the rest of his career. Um, that moved him into fifth, I believe, either fifth or fourth, um, and as the Rays' all-time home run leaders. Um, he just passed the crime dog, Fred McGriff, actually. You know, shout-out to him. He actually just got elected in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, but No, I'm sorry. They actually put him at seventh on the list. Um, Carl Crawford at sixth with 104, which he'll pass by the end of the season, I'm sure, if he stays healthy. Um Ben Zobris at 5 with 114. I don't think anybody's ever going to hit Longo's record of 261. If anyone has a chance, it's definitely Brandon Lau, but it's just going to depend on whether or not he stays at Tampa Bay Ray. 
but I'm, I'm I'm glad to see that for him. And honestly, I was shocked to hear that's the fastest second baseman of all time to reach 100 um, home runs that quick. But, you know, that just goes to show the type of class act that Brandon Lau is and the power that he has and how much potential that he can really bring to the table. Um, but before I forget, I want to touch on the trade deadline as well because I haven't dropped an episode since the trade deadline. And one of those pieces that we got, the main piece, was Aaron Savali. He's had three starts, and every start's been better. So I'll give him that. Um, he's 1-1 one one with a 2-9-3 ARA, three games started, 15 and a third, and he's pitched 21 hits, which you would like to see that get lower. But honestly, watching those games, there was a good like eight or nine of those hits that were just in the wrong spot at the wrong time, if that makes sense. You know? And it was just a little bloop single or like a very weak contact hit that you couldn't do anything about, which I know that goes a tribute to the players and the credit and the, what they do. Um, the batters, I mean, they actually get those hits on Savali, but um, nine hits in his first outing, seven hits in his second outing, then all the way down to five hits in his last outing against San Francisco where he pitched six innings for the first time in a raised uni and had five strikeouts as well. So he really, really looked solid there. Um, and that's what we brought him in for, and that's what we expected, and that's sort of the trend that he had throughout the season. You know, he's six and three on the season now, um, with a sub two five ERA. He was um, five and two before we got him, so he was balling the season, man. And I'm I'm glad to see him sort of get back on the right path with that. Going on to the next move, though, um, which actually hold up, we traded Kyle Manzardo for him, which. Don't get me wrong, I'm a big fan of Manzardo. I didn't want to get rid of him. I wanted to get rid of um, Caminero, which I'm glad we did it now. And Caminero really made me eat my words because he's been raking in minor leagues lately. Had three home run games, seven RBI game the other night with a towering 470-foot-plus bomb. And honestly, the minors in general have just been raking lately, whether it's Caminero or um, Nico, Holsizer, uh, Nico Holsizer. I always butchered that name. I need to get better at it because he has some wacky-looking hair and some clean tattoos, so he's, he's hard to miss. Um, Jonathan Aranda's been cranking the ball down there as well. And Xavier Isaac and single A has been doing really good. But moving on to the next trade, we acquired Manny, uh, Manny Rodriguez from the Cubs, who I think he'll be called up. In the September in the September um, roster expansions, is just another solid middle reliever in our bullpen. He has a 41% strikeout late rate over the last two months of play, um, and he's going to bring to the table something that we don't really have in our bullpen, which is that strikeout prowess. You know, so I'm hoping that can work out for us. Then we traded Luis Patino to the White Sox for cash, which I'm glad with. I mean. I was a I was a big fan of his when he came from San Diego. I thought he was really going to work out, but he had chances in the starting rotation. Excuse me, he had chances in the bullpen, and it just never materialized. Um, but I'm not mad about that because his roster spot opened it up for Andrew Kittredge, who we just got back. Um, he just got reinstated from Tommy John, former All Star. I'm really really happy about that. I'm not worried about this bullpen. I'm not. When it comes to playoff time, I'm not worried about this bullpen. I'm just worried about that three-man rotation, and especially um, Taj Bradley will probably be called back up at some point for the playoffs, and it worries me, but I know what he can do. I know the potential he has, so I, I like to stay optimistic. Um, then after that, the last move we made was um, trading for 
Triple A catcher Alex Jackson, um, for Triple A starter Evan McKendry. Um, just another bat at the catcher spot. We're really weak there, in my opinion. Mejia's been hurt. Who's who just started back in rehab games for the um, um, Durham Bulls. So that's good to see. He actually had a two-hit night and a home run. It was either tonight or the night before. Um, but Alex Jackson uh, never really panned out in his career. Never really heard about him. But from what I do know, he was a number nine overall pick in the draft of 2014 and was labeled by ESPN and many others as the overall best hitter in that class. So... Who knows what to potentially be. I know he had some injuries that sort of derailed him and just never got the chance. But, I mean, he's been doing good this this season in AAA. And, like I said, we don't really have um, a batting threat from the catcher position. So, I mean, who knows? I don't think he'll ever see a lot of day on the MLB roster, unfortunately. But the Rays made some moves. And you know when the Rays made some moves, they usually pan out in favor for the Rays. I really do like the Manny Rodriguez trade, and I really do like the Savali trade. Savali slid under the radar. Um, I did not hear his name being brought up in the trade discussions at all throughout the entire trade deadline. But and uh, Caminero is actually somebody we got from Cleveland going back to him. So that wouldn't have made sense to trade um, him back to Cleveland for that. But I'm glad we got Savale. I always do that. I Sometimes I say Savali, sometimes I say Savale. Savali. Um, I'm glad we got him. I would have rather had him over Jordan Montgomery or... Any of the pitchers from, well, I say that, but these are all of the guys I was also saying that I want the Rays to get, mainly just because these are the names that were linked with them. I really wanted Lorenzen, um, either Lorenzen or Stroman. You guys know that Lorenzen's been lights out for the Phillies. No hitter than before that. No hitter in his second appearance. In his first appearance, he had a eight-inning pitch, I think two-hit outing. Crazy. But I think Zavali's going to pan out just fine with us. Like I said, it's just someone that flew under the radar I did not hear a lot about. And it caught me by surprise. But anything the Rays do as far as trades and front office moves, I'm going to have faith in them for. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Luke Rayleigh. Um, if you guys didn't see his inside the park home run the other night, a stand-up inside the park home run. He didn't even have to slide in. It was the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. It bounced off the brick wall um, right in front of McCovey Cove and bounced off the top of the wall next to that. And, just, and this was in right field. McCovey Cove, that brick wall is in right field. The ball bounced and rolled all the way to left center field, which allowed Nuke Rayleigh to get in, standing up for inside the park home run. But that was pretty cool. You won't ever really see anything like that again. Um, but another another thing I want to touch on is um, Oslavis. I think I said that right. Oslavis Basabe, who was originally just brought up to be a backup shortstop because we had an open ro uh, roster spot for Franco. We wanted to give him a day of rest. But, of course, that day of rest that we happened to give him also happened to be the day that there was um, all the social media posts of the relationship and the, the scandal right now with Franco came out. Um, but I honestly have never heard of this guy before he got caught up. And I'm upset that I never have because, man, have I really enjoyed watching him so far. In his major league debut, he had an RBI hit. Um, was also flashing the leather, man. Like, this kid is good. This kid is really good, honestly. Like, 22 years old, really raw. Not going to say really good, but really raw. He's a good player. And baseball runs in his family, too. Like, reading up on him, his dad played baseball. His grandpa played baseball. His brother played baseball. And he has, like, three cousins 
that have all played baseball, and all of them have been in the major league baseball system, some way, shape, or form. Triple Bay, triple, triple Bay, Triple A, Double A, Single A, MLB, whatever it is. He's talented. He has flair. He has personality, and he's he's hungry. He's willing to do whatever's asked for him, and he's mentally ready. From according to him, you know, and it, it showed right away. Like I said, RBI single in his first um, first ever game. Then in the in the Giant series in the Monday game, he had a two run single. And like I said, he's been flashing leather. There was one play we had the infield in, and it was a line drive um, over his head at shortstop, and he jumped up, leaped, and grabbed it. And it was it was a Wander Franco like play, honestly. Um, this is someone that this is someone we got from the Rangers in that Nathaniel Low trade as well. So once again, man, it just goes back to the Rays front office and their trades. Like nine times out of ten, they're gonna pan out. So, you know, I never really have any skepticism or anything like that whenever there's a trade involved. Because you can just, the proof's in the pudding. The Isaac Paredes and Austin Meadows trade is the best example you can go with. I mean, Austin Meadows, I think, hasn't even played like 42 games. And 42 games, like, yes, 42 games. I don't even think he's played with the Tigers. And Paredes has like 43 home runs with the Rays during that same span. It goes to show. Um, yeah, but I mean, other than that, I just, uh, one thing I wanted to give a shout out, or one person I wanted to give a shout out to was Trisha Whitaker as well. She's um, She tr- covers the Rays with Valley Sports, and she's such a good addition to this team. This Rays um, broadcasting team with Valley Sports is just awesome. We're so lucky and blessed to have this team with Dwayne Stats and Brian Anderson and Trisha Whitaker. She's just great at what she does, and she was she took the trip out to San Fran for the Giants series, and there was a cool little piece on her exploring McCovey Cove and actually getting in some canoes and meeting some Giants fans that have been doing it for years and going out there. It was, it was really cool, living her best life out there, and I'm glad to see that. Um, but other than that, man, like, yes, it's been a roller coaster of emotions these last couple of weeks, and it's been up and down for this race team, but... We're still holding in there, man. Like I said, we're 23 games above 500. We've won five out of our last six series, which is good. Um, we haven't swept anybody. I want to see that. We're 8-6 and six in the month of August, which that's going to add up over time as being a good record. But you want to see some sweeps every now and then, man. And we have a series against the Angels we're starting. Then we have a series against the Rockies. I, the Angels are playing really bad right now. Um... No way Shohei actually hit a grand slam, right? No way Shohei actually hit a grand slam, right? Because now the Rays are down 5 nothing. No way he actually hit a grand slam, right? Hold up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look this up real quick. No way he actually hit a grand slam. I fucking jinxed it. I fucking jinxed it. Did I? I fucking jinxed it. Shohei really hit a fucking grand slam. Oh my fucking god. I think that's a perfect spot to end it. Thank you all for joining in once again. Uh, make sure you tune into all our socials at Tea Time Reports um, Instagram, TikTok, X, Twitter, whatever you know it as, threads as well. We've been dropping a lot lately. It's been so much fun. The feedback's been great from you guys. We've all been having a blast doing this, and we're going to continue to do this as long as we possibly can. Thank you all for joining in one more time, and raise the fuck up.